The lesson is written in the 15th chapter of the the letter to the Romans, beginning at verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. And again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here endeth the epistle. The Holy Gospel is uh, written in the third chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning at the first verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you, that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. 
his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Good morning. My name's Rob Heimberger, and it's great to have this opportunity to join you. I usually go to the 1115 service, and probably met a few of you, maybe not others. Um, Been around St. Andrews for a number of years now. You might figure out by my accent that I'm not from around these parts. Um, come from the U.S. Uh, originally, and in fact, my mother's here visiting. We've just had a, um, a baby not too long ago, so it's wonderful to have her t- here today. And I'm thankful that I've been invited this morning to help us see what God has to say to each of us, to all of us, through the, the readings we've just heard. Um, so before we begin, let me pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I wonder if you've ever been um, to a health spa, been out for a spa treatment. What what was it like? Was it out in the country? Did you have a go to the steam room or the sauna, have a bath, a massage? Was it about... Did you feel cleansed in some way, or relaxed, or refreshed? Or maybe you've been out in the country to hear someone speak. Um, Maybe to a church weekend away, or on a retreat, a Christian festival. Um, What were you going to do? Were Were you looking for some way to reorient your lives? The people in our, our passage today in Matthew 3 um, went out to, into the country for something like a spa treatment and a speaker, but I would guess quite a lot more, a bit more extreme and momentous in terms of what's going on at this moment in history. And they went to see this man calling out, Turn your lives around. The heavenly kingdom is making its appearance. So what was everybody from the city of Jerusalem and the surrounding areas going out to see? I'd encourage you to keep your Bibles open. It's um, Matthew chapter 3, if you follow along. Just a chapter before, we've heard that the Roman governor and all Jerusalem were disturbed by the news that someone was coming, that there was a new king of the Jews. But here it seems like everyone from the city and the countryside was going out to see this man, John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer. And they're going to see a man, not speaking softly, but howling, yelling out that a new kingdom was on its way. How would we approach this man so wildly dressed? I wonder what it would have been like to... to, dressed like John the Baptist, I don't think I could really approach it. I've probably never seen a preacher or a speaker dressed in, um, around here, it might be horse air, eating grasshoppers, something like that. How would we approach this man, John? Would we come to see John a bit like the Pharisees did? Maybe we're serious in our faith, we read our Bible closely, we're, we're skeptical of upstarts, 
He's probably unsound in his theology. Or will we come to see John a bit more like the Sadducees did? We have a sophisticated faith, maybe. We're in touch with the contemporary world. We're keeping up with the latest trends. This man, he's a, he's a fundamentalist. He's a, a fire and brimstone preacher. He, he lacks academic credentials. He's raving mad. So how would we approach this man? Maybe we would listen and respond, as many did this day. Turn your life around. That's what this John was yelling and howling about. Repent, he said in our version. Change direction. Convert from your feet to your head, from your heart to your fingertips. Why? Turn our lives around? Because the kingdom of heaven is near. There's a new government coming in, a new reign, a new regime. It's making its appearance. And this new kingdom threatens the pretense of the old kingdoms. The Roman Empire, the Pax Romana, does not offer the peace that this kingdom offers. The sacrifices of the Jerusalem temple do not deal with our hard, stony hearts like this kingdom will. So maybe we, like some of those who went out to John, would, would respond by confessing our sins, by agreeing or saying out loud, I have missed the mark, I, we have rebelled, we are twisted and bent. What would we confess here in Oxford or where, where you live, your home, workplace? What would, what would we say we have done that's counter to God, God's ways. So if we were out there listening to John, we might confess and get dipped in the River Jordan, hoping to be cleansed. Turn your lives around, John says. But is it enough to be washed with water and to say we've done wrong? John doesn't leave things there. He pushes farther He says, and do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. Don't think just because you have the right background or the right credentials within the, the church as doctrinally sound or sophisticated. These don't matter anymore. And he goes further. He says, the axe is already at the root of the trees And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. This strikes me, and maybe you too. We're like that apple tree in your garden that isn't producing any good fruit. But there's the gardener is out there cutting it down, ready to throw it into the fire. And John says there's fire to come. We'll be judged for what we do and what we've become. So he doesn't just say, say once you're sorry, but bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Turn your lives around and go on living with the reality of this new kingdom, this new government. So here John stands as the last of the prophets, returning to the the law, to the Torah. You're doing wrong. Admit it. Turn your lives around. 
But how? How can we turn our lives around? We fall into the same bad ways of relating to those close to us. We don't treat our neighbors well or the people we work alongside. We return to our addictions. We have so much wrapped up in how others perceive us. But John doesn't just leave us there with our failure to go in God's ways. Um, He says all he can really do is prepare the way, is to make preparations. And he points. He points to the character at the center of the scene. After me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. John concedes that he lacks power. He lacks the power to make you clean and whole. But a more powerful one is coming. I baptize you with water for repentance, John says. This is all I can offer, the beginning but not the completion. But there's one who is coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So what does this mean? We've gotten a sense that baptism means sort of dipping or in water, cleansing with water. Um, and he says he will bathe you with a, with, a, with a special breath or wind or he will dip you in fire. I take this to mean that um, this one to come, or I sh- should say, some will say, that, the, that it's all one package, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is fiery. And this is the kind of picture we get at Pentecost when the Spirit comes on the disciples and it's like tongues of fire lighting on the heads their heads. But given this passage, it seems the picture is he'll baptize you with as you encounter this one who is to come. You'll meet either the spirit or fire. This one to come, his words, his acts, his presence either drench us with the spirit or submerge us in fire. So on the one hand, if we have the Holy Spirit dumped over us like from a bucket, it says the the promises in Ezekiel chapter 36 say, I will sprinkle clean water on you, you all, and, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you all from your impurities and from your idols. I will give you all a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you all and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. These are the promises fulfilled with this this one who is to come that John announces. If we're baptized with the spirit, the spirit comes upon us and enables us to, to do what we could not do and enter into the joy of following God's way. So this one to come will either will baptize us with the Holy Spirit or he will baptize us with fire. I don't know about you, but if I were going to tell someone about this coming king, I'd probably skip the fire bit and I'd talk about the, the, the good promises that, that God comes to fix the problems that we can't solve ourselves, give us a new life, 
I'd skip the part about judgment. But John isn't squeamish at all and goes for it and says that this one to come, his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering wheat into his barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The one to come, God himself, is awesome and uncompromising. And any who don't let themselves be gathered into his barn be, be kept and claimed at his own, as his own for his uses are thrown into a fire, and a fire that does not go out. Turn your lives around. In this season of Advent, we hear the voice of John. The kingdom of heaven is making its appearance. No, even better, the king of heaven is making his appearance. We remember how God's people waited for that king to come, the one that John told them about. And now, as, as God's people today, Jew and Gentile, we wait for that king to come again. How will we respond? Will we turn away from him and find ourselves submerged, baptized in fire? Or will we let him baptize us with the Holy Spirit, drench us with his spirit, enabling us to live a life full of fruit? And that closes, the Romans passage closes. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in him so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.